Welcome. I'm Sebastian Mafud, and you're listening to WCAT Radio, the on-air wing of En Route Books and Media, bringing you the dulcet sounds of Catholic wisdom with our host, Bob Olson, who will now introduce today's show and speaker. WCAT Radio is proud to present, If You Know Mary, You Know Jesus. This program, offered by Bob Cantoni, will help you know more about Mary, the mother of Jesus. Welcome, Bob. It's good to hear your voice again. Well, thank you, Bob. Glad to be here. Good to hear your voice, too. Very excited about this program. So where are we going tonight? Well, that's a good question. I would like to, um, on a rosary meditation, I thought it would be a good idea that we sort of jump back a little bit and talk about the transfiguration of our Lord because there's so much in there. And I would like to fill in some of the blanks that I might not have had the time for or or we just didn't uh, uh, go there at at that last episode. But I want to kind of fill in some of the blanks. I think... uh, I think it's pretty it's it's pretty revealing and very interesting. Also, um, we went on retreat this weekend, and I, I came up with an analogy in prayer uh, that sort of, um, or actually, is a, is a paints a very beautiful picture of of what, uh, what we are to look forward to, and that the transfiguration is what we are looking forward to a new life in Christ, a resurrection, a transfiguration is, is uh, the glorified life that God promises us in Christ. And our Lord promises us the resurrection of both body and soul. And, you know, our creeds do uh, mention that there is a resurrection of the body, like the Apostles' Creed, I believe in the Holy Catholic Church, the communion with saints, the resurrection of the body. And it's not so much recorded as to what that means in Scripture, although it is there, but and it's also not much talking about. So I'd like to use that analogy to, to sort of make sense out of that, uh, of the resurrection of both body and soul, and tie it into uh, the importance of receiving the Eucharist for that event. So now that's at, some of the... At, at our retreat, now you just came up with that. You'd never had that... Uh, never had that... Um, uh, vision before, huh? No, uh, yeah, we, I'll tell you, it was it was in, it was through prayer, and it was pure inspiration. And while I was reading the writings of Father Menard, who was the founder of the MSA, the Missionaries of the Holy Apostles, he was a Franciscan priest, but brilliant in his writings, and and, and he made these incredible connections of making sense out of what Saint Paul was talking about tying it in with not only the Old Testament and the New Testament writings, and it's just incredible. And when I was reading his take on, and the way he tied all of these connections together on how uh, how Christ promises us uh, the resurrection, I will raise them up on the last day. Um, I am the, the resurrection and the life. He who comes to me, I give them eternal life. Even if he dies, he has life. And he told Mary, uh, uh, his cousin Mary that. So all of John's gospel pretty much is a, a, a reflection on and a flowering of, of the, the life that Christ, that Christ promises us. Um, and, and in fact, that's what the whole gospel is all about, is our, is our new life in Christ, even after, especially after the resurrection. But it starts here on earth. So, and Father Menard really put it in a... In, in a Incredibly beautiful. Father Menard also started the Holy Apostles College and Seminary. Also, he was the founder of that back in the fifties. Unbelievable faith the man had. They came, from what I understand, they came from Canada. I'm not sure if there was about a dozen uh, brothers and and, uh, Franciscans. But, of course, Father Menard was there, and they came literally with nothing, according to what I understand. And, well, he, uh, started, he started it all by himself. He sent a former a brother, <laughs> a former uh, uh, real estate man, to New York and to New Jersey and didn't find anything. And then this man in New York says, "Well, why don't you go up near Hartford? Because they wanted wow. to find a uh, they wanted to find a place where they could 
beg in a big city. So he said, well, you should go up to this place, uh, Cromwell, Connecticut. Right. And wow. that's very close to Hartford. And so this, uh, this real, former real estate man who was a brother up there in, uh, in Montreal, where Father Menard was, and uh, uh, he got the land, and uh, I think he got it for half price eventually. Wow! And uh, and that was the that was the start of the Holy Apostles College uh, 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 Seminary and uh, Seminary. Yep. Okay. Yep. So, so he had incredible faith, and he used that faith in our Lord, and the Lord blessed it. So, mm-hmm. anyway, why don't we start with a prayer? As yes. always, we call upon the Holy Spirit. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. May the will of the Father, made known by the Son, by the power of the Holy Ghost, reign in me and us through Mary today and always, amen. Dear Immaculate Mother, we invite you to please be with us, pray for us, intercede for us, clothe us and surround us and protect us with your heavenly mantle of grace. Me and Bob, and especially all those that are listening, Help us to understand that all the Holy Spirit desires to teach us. Help us, dear Mother, and pray for us that our hearts and minds will be open to that teaching and that we can receive it with joy and act upon it and grow in the life of holiness and the life of righteousness in our Lord Jesus Christ so that you can help us to become perfect as our Father in Heaven is perfect. That's what our Lord teaches us. Become perfect as your Father in Heaven is perfect. What does that mean? To be merciful, to be forgiving, to be loving, to be kind. Treat us the way God, treat others the way God treats us. So we ask you for that intercession and the help that we can become another Christ, to imitate Him in every virtue, in every action, and in His love and in His mercy. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. On earth and as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Thank you, Bob. And I also want to call upon St. Joseph to intercede for us, be with us, and pray for us. And St. Maximilian Colby, and I have his consecration prayer that I'd like to do right now. It's beautiful. So St. Maximilian Colby, go ahead, Bob. When you finish, when you finish that, I have something that came to mind when, you, uh, when we were praying, okay? Fantastic. <laughs> All right. O Immaculata, and I ask everyone listening to pray, pray along this prayer with me in your hearts. O Immaculata, Queen of Heaven and Earth, Refuge of Sinners, and our most loving Mother, God has will to entrust the entire order of mercy to you. And I, Bob, and everybody mentioned their names in their heart, I, Bob, a repentant sinner, cast myself at your feet, humbly imploring you to take me with all that I am and have, wholly to yourself as your possession and property. Please make of me, of all my powers of soul and body, of my whole life, death and eternity, whatever most pleases you. If it pleases you, use all that I am and have without reserve. Wholly to accomplish what was said of you, she will crush your head, and you alone have destroyed all heresies in the world. Let me be a fit instrument in your immaculate and merciful hands for introducing and increasing your glory to the maximum in all the many strayed and indifferent souls, and thus help extend as far as possible the blessed kingdom of the most sacred heart of Jesus. For whatever you enter, you obtain the grace of conversion and growth in holiness, since it is through your hands that all graces come to us from the most sacred heart of Jesus. Allow me to praise you, O sacred virgin, 
Give me strength against your enemies. Amen. Now that's St. Maximilian's prayer of consecration. And he, and he uh, uh, along with St. Uh, Louis de Montfort, he derived, St. Max made up his own, but it's along the lines of what St. Maxim- uh, Louis de Montfort composed in his, in, uh, in his appeal to the incarnate wisdom. So, Go ahead, Bob. What, what did you want to hear? That's in that book, uh, 33 Days to... Uh, that's right. To glory, right? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. That prayer is in there, right? I believe it is, yes. You've got St. Louis, St. Maximilian Colby. You have St. Pope John Paul II's, I think. And you can even make one of your own. Um, but yes, it is. Now, when, uh, when we were praying, I was reminded of today's gospel. Mm-hmm. Because you remember that the master had this man that owed this big sum of money. And he says, you're going to have to pay that back or I'm going to have to put you in jail and along with your whole family. Right. And he pleaded with the master and he said, oh, please, please, uh, I'll, I'll do anything. Please don't, don't put me there. So he, he said, well, I'll, I'll give you another chance. That's right. Uh, and uh, so he, he dismissed that. And then uh, the man who had this great gift from the master, representing God, of course, uh, he went out and he ran into a man that owed him a dollar or two, you know. And he exactly. grabbed him by the throat and he says, pay me or I'm going to put you in jail. And he actually did put him in jail. Right. And then his, his uh, fellow servants heard about it. They went to the master and uh, he wound up in jail. So, like you were saying, we are to imitate the Father. We are to right. be perfect as the Father is perfect. Now, uh, it's obvious that there are many people who are not doing that. Right. Including, including this man in the gospel. So he gave us that example. It's a powerful it's one, too. Buddy. It, it, is, it is important. It's so important. It's, an, it's, uh, it, it's a must that we imitate the Father as best we can, and to be as perfect, try to be as perfect as the Father is perfect. Amen. And that's a great, uh, what a a powerful uh, story our Lord told. And it started out with Peter saying, how how many times shall I forgive my neighbor, Lord? And Jesus (laughs) said 70 times 7, or 77 times. It's infinite. And we have a responsibility, as I've said that before, we have a responsibility to forgive everyone that has hurt us, no matter whether they, whether they got, whether they did anything at all, or try, you know, if there was no, even no repentance or anything. We have the responsibility to forgive him, mainly for ourselves, so we don't That's develop right. that bitter root. You yes, I mean? you're absolutely right. And our Lord, even in the Lord's prayer, forgive us our trespasses, as what. As we forgive those who trespass against us, and our Lord tells us, if you don't, anyone who does not forgive his brother from his heart, your Father in heaven will not forgive you. That's See, pretty. What happens is what happens is we become the judge. Yeah. We say, well, I can't forgive him because that was too bad. That's God's. That's God's responsibility. We can't take over his responsibility. He deals with that. That's right. We deal with uh, and we forgive everybody, no matter what. Yes. Hitler, Castro, you name it. That's you right. Know. You know, Russian, I, the forgiveness what? is extremely difficult, especially when it deals with close loved ones. Uh, you know, and, and, you know there, there, are, there, are, there are things that are so hard to forgive. For instance, let's say uh, someone came and murdered your family member. That's extremely difficult to forgive. However, we are commanded by our Lord to do so. But how do we do it? Well, Jesus, I, this is hard to forgive. You say a prayer. I, 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 have, I know you, you, I have to forgive my enemies and forgive everyone that has offended me or harmed me in any way because you tell me to do so. Lord, I'm having a very difficult time doing this. I need right. your help. Well, it, it actually it's impossible for us to do it. Without his help, yes. Without his no, grace. Because there, the, the man said, to err is human. 
to err is human. To forgive is divine. <laughs> That's right. We have to have God. He has to He has to come into it in order for us to forgive those people. But we have to turn to him. We don't say, Oh, I can't forgive I'll never forgive that person. Even if he comes crawling on my on his knees. That's right. Uh uh-uh. uh. That, 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 that does not go. You have no you have no way out. You have to go to God and you have to ask Tim, to help you forgive every person in your life that hurt you. That's what my prayer was going to be. Lord Jesus, you have to help me forgive this person. I surrender my unforgiveness, and Lord, please give me the grace to forgive, because it is only in your divine life and your strength that I can do so. And, uh, you know, lo and behold, our Lord, he comes through immediately. And the other thing I want to mention is once we are able to forgive with the help of God's grace, God immediately comes in and heals that wound. We receive the healing. And now we're loving our enemies the the way our Lord commands us, love one another as I have loved you. And now the Lord heals the whole situation. Hey, that isn't just a good idea. That isn't just a good idea. That's That's right. That's a command. Yeah. But it is for our own good to be, like you were saying, we will... If we don't forgive, we won't. That that situation will burden us down. It'll be like the weight of the world on us for as long as we live until we forgive. It starts a bitter root. It starts a bitter root, and you can't live with that. We can't live with that and function. We have to ask our Lord to lift it off our shoulders in forgiveness, and He will. He does. That's right. Great story. Don't waste time. Do it right away. Yeah, that's yes. I know, Good advice. I know a man. I know a man in Texas, and I try to follow him. Every morning when he gets up, he forgives the people who are going to hurt him that day. <clears throat> wow. I mean, Good for him. It's already done. You see, forgiveness <laughs> is not a feeling. That's right. I don't feel like I don't feel like forgiving a person that killed my sister. Exactly. It's not a feeling. It's a it's a uh, act of the will. It's a choice. No, I'm, at, I'm looking for just another word. It's uh, a choice. I mean, it's a command, but it's an obligation. Okay. Right. It's an obligation. Oh, it's not a feeling. It's a uh, yeah. It's like a command. It's a. Uh, it's an obligation. So you don't have to feel like you're, when you feel, you can't, it doesn't work that way. You don't feel like forgiving necessarily. <clears throat> That's correct. I think I told, I told you about the rabbi that wanted to come, because when you have unforgiveness toward a person, you think of a person that you've had unforgiveness toward, you carry that person wherever you go. There's a rope around your neck and there's a rope around their neck. And you take them everywhere you go. You can't stop thinking about it. That's so right. Rabbi, Rabbi wanted to go to America, and uh, he he didn't want to bring Hitler to America, so he had to forgive Hitler before he went to America. Wow! Because he didn't that's want to take problem. Hitler. To, he didn't want to take Hitler to America, and that's what he would have done. Wow. Hey, what comes to mind is Pope John Paul II, St. Pope John Paul II, when he was shot. Unbelievable. He could have died. He got shot in St. Peter's Square in his Mobile, and he forgave his assailant. He forgave him. Another perfect good example is St. Maria Goretti. She was raped and murdered by a young man who, you know, he wanted to have her, whatever way he wanted but she begged him not to do so, not for her sake, but for his sake. She was actually forgiving him while, she, while he was, he was uh, uh, um, killing her. And, you know, and, and unfortunately she died, but she, she forgave them, and her prayer was that he would not end up in hell. And at the end of his life, even with his mother, uh, St. Maria Goretti's mother, uh, they, and father, they also forgave him, and this man 
converted. He was so right. sorry, he converted to the Catholic faith. Right. So that's the power of forgiveness. And uh, that was a yeah, saint. Actually, actually it's, it's a power gift. It's a gift. Yes. It's a power gift. <coughs> Never forget that. That's right, and it is available. It changes lives. I told you about the story of uh, Charlie Osborne down in Florida. His children had been raped by his neighbor and so forth, so I won't tell the whole story. But uh, the priest got a hold of him and said, you've got to forgive that man. Because so, yeah. he had a wall built between their houses, so he couldn't even see his house and stuff like that. So he went. He finally went to the man and, and uh, asked for forgiveness for, for what he had said about him and what he tried to do to him and so forth because the priest said, you're a murderer, Charlie. You're murdering his reputation and so forth. Wow. And so a week after that, the man, his neighbor, saw his wife in the supermarket and said, I gave my life to Jesus this week. A week later, he died. Oh, my goodness. It's called the power of forgiveness it's a power gift look at forgiveness whenever you think of forgiveness it's a gift for you and for the the other person it changes lives okay that's enough on that I'm sorry because you have a that's okay that's all right I, you know believe it or not I want I would like to bring up one other point is the stoning of Saint Stephen and, you know, our yes. scripture tells us that St. Stephen was, was a great, uh, great miracle worker. He was performing signs and wonders, and he was bringing many, many to the faith. And that really upset the, the uh, Pharisees and the Jews, or some of the, the Jews. And, um, and who was orchestrating it was Saul, who was St. Right. Paul afterwards. And, and when, he, when they were stoning him or about to stone him, he says, you know, Scripture tells us, he looked up, he says, Behold, I see one like the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven in his glory. And his face shone like an angel. And they stoned him. But as they were stoning him to death, what did he say? He said, Do not hold this sin against them. He forgave them. And, of course, he, he died, but he was in an ecstasy when he died. Why? Because he was living what our Lord told him to do. Like Mary says, do whatever he tells you. The Father at the Transfiguration says, listen to him. This is my beloved son. Listen to him. So St. Stephen, he died, but he forgave them. And after that, they, these people that stoned him to death, they, what did they do? It says they laid their coats before Saul as if he was some kind of hero. Now, he might not have picked up a stone, he might have, but I don't think he did, but he certainly orchestrated it, and he was hailed as a hero for orchestrating it. And on, he's on his way to Damascus. Now, you have to see, St. Saint, uh, Stephen, he forgave them, but he was also martyred, and he prayed for his enemies. That's what our Lord said, be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect, who lets the sun shine on the just and the unjust, who lets right. it rain, rain fall on, the, on the, the sinners and the non-sinners. That's right. So here comes Saul on his way to Damascus, and what happens? He sees his great light. He gets thrown to the ground. He's blinded. He hears the voice, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. Get up and go into Damascus, and I will tell you what to do. But the point I'm trying to make is because St. Stephen imitated Jesus in his greatest work of love, his passion, as Jesus forgave them from the cross, Father, forgive them, they know what they do. They know not what they do. St. Stephen said, do not hold this sin against them. And he was martyred, and the fruit of his martyrdom was St. Paul's conversion. That is the miracle of love that happens. The miracle when we do whatever he tells us, when we listen to Jesus, and we, we, we imitate him in every aspect. It's amazing. And see, uh, that, become, that should become for all of us normal Christian living. Amen. Forgiveness for everyone. We don't look at pornography. We don't. We stay away from drugs. We stay. We don't even come close to drugs. We uh, don't go to the movies that 
today. I mean, you can't go to a movie today. It's it's uh, it's te- they're terrible. Yeah, as far as the content, I know it's getting more. It's getting darker and darker, in my opinion. You can't have a movie that doesn't have some sort of. Uh, uh, explicit, impure scene. I don't know. Everybody calls that entertainment. Uh, okay, there's the every kind of keep going. There's every kind of vile word. I mean, you can't have a movie without the F word now. I, I don't know. I, I, I agree. I'm sure there's good movies out there, though. I don't want to no, knock them all, but not, but you're absolutely right. You got you to be prudent when when you go to. Movie. The only, your only safe bet is to go to a Christian movie. Yes. Yep. But, You've uh, got to be prudent today. Here's the key. I used to have a, uh, a, a, a band, a uh, wristband. And uh, I always think of it. Or I try to. And when I have to make a decision, I say, what would Jesus do? Would he be in this movie with me? Would he be doing these drugs with me? Would he be, uh, you know, uh, yeah. getting mad at people and, uh, you know, uh, uh, resentment and things like that? Would Jesus ever do that? No. We're supposed to imitate him. That's right. Another good question is, would this be a movie that the mother of God would watch? Exactly. Same thing. There you go. That is our gauge. We have to start asking ourselves those questions. That's right. Okay. That's right. All right. So, beautiful, Bob. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because it is so important, the issue of forgiveness. But uh, well, let's go on point. to the scripture reading. And um, the one I chose, and, I, and um, I, want to go, I want to backtrack a little bit because I want to talk more about the transfiguration of Jesus, which is the fourth mystery, the lo- fourth luminous mystery of the rosary the first is the uh the baptism of jesus the second is the is the wedding at cana where jesus changed water into wine the third is the proclamation of the kingdom which entails his whole history of of the proc of of uh the, uh, the beatitudes and 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 the establishment of the kingdom and the establishment of the church and so forth and the fourth one's the transfiguration which is the promise the, uh, the glorified promise the, uh, of the resurrection, of the, of the passion and death and resurrection of our Lord, not only his transfiguration where we get a glimpse of his glory, but we're getting a glimpse of our future glory with him in a transfiguration. So let's go to Matthew chapter 17 and verses 1 through 9. Actually, yeah, verses 1 through 9. Okay? And this is what it says. After six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, and his brother, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, conversing with him. Then Peter said to Jesus in reply, Lord, It is good that we are here. If you wish, I will make three tents here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud cast a shadow over them. Then then from the cloud came a voice that said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell prostrate and were very much afraid. But Jesus came, touched them, saying, Rise and do not be afraid. And when the disciples raised their eyes, they saw no one else but Jesus alone. As they were coming down from the mountain, Jesus charged them, Do not tell the vision to anyone until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. My goodness. Wow. So, here we have Jesus. He's transfigured. And the idea of the transfiguration was to prepare them for, for the crucifixion because he's, he's, he tells them, I'm going to be handed over, I'm going to go to Jerusalem where I will be handed over and put to death. But the promise is I will be raised in three days. Okay? So to prepare 
Peter, James, and John, he, um, uh, uh, he gives them this glorious vision of the transfiguration. And we t- when you look, well, who is there with him? Well, Scripture tells us Eli- uh, Moses and Elijah. Now, God bless Father B- uh, Bishop Barron because I was reading one of his reflections on his gospel, and he was talking about how Moses and Elijah was there, Moses representing the law and Elijah the prophets, and God gave uh, Moses and the law to Israel, hoping that they would listen, and they didn't listen. And he gave all the prophets, Elijah and the prophets, hoping Israel would listen, and they didn't listen. Finally, he sends his son to Israel, and they didn't listen. And John's Gospel says he came to his own, but his own did not receive him. But to those who did, he gave them power to become sons of God. Now this is very interesting, because you have the Law and the Prophets. And Jesus tells um, Nicodemus, who asked our Lord, Master, what are, the, what are the two great commandments? And our Lord says, You shall love the Lord your God with your whole heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength. And the second one is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On this, these two commandments depends all the law and the prophets, our Lord tells us. And here's Jesus appearing with Moses, the lawgiver, and Elijah, the prophet, in which the two great commandments depends. But that is our way to this transfiguration or the glory with Christ. Those two commandments, love God above all else and love your neighbor as yourself, which includes forgiveness, includes forgiveness. Imitate Jesus in every aspect, in every way, especially in his charity, in the Beatitudes. And who else is there with him? Peter, James, and John. Now, since our Lord tells us, since Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how I long to gather you under my arms as a mother hen gathers you, uh, gathers her brood under her wing, but since you failed to recognize your visitation, you will not recognize me. So, and he's, and he's telling them, he's saying, look at, I'm gonna, the kingdom's gonna be taken from you and given to someone else. And here's what's happening at the Transfiguration. Since they didn't listen, You've got Peter, James, and John, the first Pope Peter. James, the great evangelist. That's what the church is commanded to do, to go out to all to the ends of the earth with the gospel message, converting all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son of the Holy Spirit. And then you have St. John, the beloved. My goodness. The one that rests his head on the breast of the Savior the Messiah, the Son of the living God. What a privilege. What a privilege. How our Lord must have delighted in that, Bob. I can't even, it gives me chills. He rested his head on the chest of the beloved, the beloved Savior. And, John, and Jesus calls him the beloved. All of John's Gospels, I am the one who I am speaking of, the beloved. Can you imagine the one who took Mary into his own home? Woman, behold your son. John, behold your mother. He represents the whole church. What you and I and everyone else ought to become. This is what's pleasing to God when we rest our heads on the breast of our Savior, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So in love with him, meaning the first commandment, love God with your whole heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. So you've got the church there. And the church is promised this new life in glory with God. He's given the church. And then what else appears there? God the Father. My goodness. In a cloud. This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And what does he say? He's talking to his church. Listen to him. Do whatever he tells you, because this is the promise of your future glory. And what is it we are to do? The two great commandments, all the law and the prophets. Love God with your whole heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, and all your strength. 
Be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. It's incredible. That one scripture passage tells the entire idea of what, it, what we need to do to obtain this new life, this resurrection in Christ. It's a glorious transformation, a new glorious resurrection with Christ. So, unbelievable. I just thought I'd like what? to share that. Is this the time we can get to the uh, butterfly and the... Uh Okay, you want you you want me to get to that, or I, I, did you want to do the the? Um, I, why don't we do the um, the rosary well, the, me, and the the the, 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 the rosary in honor of this, and then we'll see where that takes. I think I should. I think I'll have time. How much time do we have left? Uh, we have uh, twenty five minutes. Okay, I think I think we should. Let me. Uh, should I've got a. I've got a. Um, I've got an example, a couple of examples. Sure. Uh, if you follow NBA basketball, uh, there's a guy in college right now that he imitated Kobe, you know, of the, of the uh, Los Angeles Lakers because he wanted to play just like Kobe. Some uh, imitated uh, uh, Michael Jordan. So, you know, and they, they picked one of these stars that they really loved and they imitated him and they made it to the NBA themselves. And you see, Jesus is perfect. And what we need to do is to look at Jesus as our model and to live like he lived. And then we will become like him. We will be perfect as the Lord is p- perfect, right? Amen. I mean, it, it works in sports. It works even better with Jesus. That's right. So, and Tim Tebow, the other day, he's trying out with the Mets, right? Mm-hmm. And he wants to be a, he wants to be a baseball player now. They, they kind of bounced him out of football, you know, for no good reason, really. But uh, he's trying out in baseball now with the Mets, and he said, my goal, I mean, I want to be a good baseball player. But he said, my goal is to be a baseball player that stands for something. You know, that's my main goal. Not to just be a, 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 my goal is not to be a big star. I want to make the Mets team, but my goal is to be someone you know, like Jesus. That's right. That is and, that is the, and that's the idea. It's okay to imitate Kobe. You know, to become a great NBA star, but you better do Jesus before you do him, because then you're really valuable. Right. That's that's exactly right, because that is the destiny of all mankind: unity with Jesus Christ. And imitating Christ because He's awesome. I want to be everything. And then we'll be transfigured. That's right. And Jesus says, "I am the truth, the life, and the way. No one comes right. to the Father except through Me." Oh, so, is it the, the truth and the life? I mean, you can do both, and that's what Tim Tebow is doing. He's the perfect example. Okay. Right. So you want to get into that meditation then? Okay. Let's uh, let's do the uh, you and, and please, Bob. I ask you as usual to follow along with me the, with the with the Our Father and Hail Marys. Yeah. Okay. In honor, the, in honor of the Transfiguration, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. 
Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins. Save us from the fires of them all. Lead all souls to heaven, especially those who need So, I promised a um, an analogy of uh, the resurrected of both a body and soul. And the first thing I want to do is read from the book of Job that gives a reference of the resurrection of the body. And it is Job, Job 19, I'm sorry, yeah, Job 19, 25 through 29. He says, For I know that my Redeemer liveth, and, and in the last day I shall rise out of the earth. And I shall be clothed again with my skin, and my flesh I shall see my God, whom I myself shall see, and my eyes shall behold, and not another. This my hope is laid up in my bosom. Why then do you say now, let us persecute him, and let us find occasion of word against him? Flee then from the face of the sword, for the word is the revenger of iniquities, and know that there is a judgment. This is interesting. I shall rise in the last day out of the earth. I shall be clothed again with my own skin and my flesh. I shall see my God. Now we as Catholics say in the creed, in the Apostles' Creed, I believe in the Holy Catholic Church, the communion with saints, the resurrection of the body. That's a big event. And the glorified body is, you know, we're both, we're, we're a man, and we are both body and soul, inseparable. We don't say, well, you know, when we die and our, our soul separate from the body, we don't say, well, here's Bob's soul on the left, and here's Bob's body on the right. No, the, the man is body and soul complete in totality, inseparable. So the beauty of the body is, our Lord promises that I will, I will raise them on the last day. And if you go to the, uh, the, um, um, the bread of life discourse, he says, if, unless if you eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, you do not have life in you. For my flesh is real meat, my blood is real drink. 
He who eats of my flesh and drinks my blood, I, I abide in him and he in me. And there's also a reference of, I will raise them up, I will give them eternal life. And he also says, I will raise them on the last day. So this is a reference to an, a, a, the, the resurrection of the body. And what is it? I, I, of course, I can enjoy and embrace our Lord spiritually in my heart with an, an enormous bear hug in my heart. I could smother him with hugs and kisses in my heart. But the icing on the cake is if I can mm-hmm. smother him with hugs and kisses in the flesh. I want to give him a big old physical bear hug and see with my eyes and say that with my own tongue, hear his words with my own ears and embrace him with my own touch. Because our Lord, the second person in the Blessed Trinity, has a body, a glorified body. This is incredible. So I came up in prayer with the, uh, the butterfly scenario. And the way a butterfly starts out, he's a caterpillar on earth. And this caterpillar is far from looking like a butterfly at first. But it is to be transformed into, another, into a new life. It's like a resurrection into a glorified life, if you will. A butterfly free to fly wherever he wants to go. But what does this worm do? What does this caterpillar do? He eats an enormous amount of leaves. He gorges himself. He fattens himself up with nourishment. And if there was enough of these caterpillars, they'd eat a forest down. That's how voracious their appetites are. So that, what is he doing that for? He's gorging himself, fattening himself with the nourish that God gave us on earth for what? To prepare for his death and his resurrection into new life. Because once he's out of that cocoon, it's no longer a caterpillar, it's a butterfly. So one other thing that I want to point out before I go to uh, the cocoon is that this, this caterpillar is uh, what I call is representative of our lives on earth where our Lord is asking us, to, he wants us to gorge on the bread of life, on the Eucharist. He wants us to fatten ourselves up with the life of grace and the word of God and all the sacraments of Holy Mother Church that nourishes us and all the goodness of God, whether it's through the readings of the saints and the fathers of the church, and just talks like this. Our Lord really wants us to gorge ourselves on his goodness so that we have all of that nourishment so that we can be transformed into this new life and also grow in holiness. But I must caution because St. Paul warns us that he who eats of the flesh or drinks, or drink, eats of the body and drinks the blood of our Lord unworthily eats, himself, eats to his own judgment. So we need to be, when we receive Holy Communion, we need to be in a state of grace and we need to go to confession, especially if we're in mortal sin, to get back into the state of grace so that we can receive our Eucharistic Lord worthily. So now that this worm, this uh, uh, caterpillar, he spins a cocoon and, and once he's spin, he's inside the cocoon, what does he do there? He dies. But if you read up on what the scientists are finding, it's, it's almost like, the, well, what happens is the body digests itself. The worm's body goes through this digestion process, and what is left there is like this very nutritious primordial soup, if you will, that is um, incredibly protein-rich. And what, it, what that is made for is there's these other cells called ring cells that is like the blueprints for what the butterfly is to become or the genetic code or blueprints. But these ring cells are preserved and they don't undergo the, um, the digestion process. But these, the nourishment is for those ring cells so that it can transform into the butterfly. And, it, and the scientists tell us that the, the cell's division is so rapid, it happens in a very short time, and once it breaks out of the cocoon, you have a butterfly that's free to fly around wherever he goes. Now, it's much more beautiful than a caterpillar. And everyone that observes a beautiful butterfly flying around in nature is dazzled and absolutely captivated by its beauty. And, and they're in awe over it. And another thing that the scientists are finding is butterflies have these flat wings, and in a windstorm, 
you would think that the butterfly is going to fly away like a kite or like a sail, but it doesn't happen that way. He actually flies right through the wind as if untouched, and the, and the scientists are kind of scratching themselves in the head. How does he do that? It's as if he's defying physics or the laws of physics. Well, that's exactly what our glorified body is going to do. Our Lord passed through walls. He says, here, Thomas, look, touch. It's not a ghost. It is I. It is really me in his glorified body. And he can appear to whomever he wants, and he can appear not to whomever he wants. And he can dart across the planet in a blink of an eye. So our glorified bodies are not bound by space and time. And they're not, um, they're not limited by the laws of physics. And, uh, and also, it's a radical transformation. It's a transformation into a glorified or a beautified state where at the end of time, at the end of, uh, at the, uh, where our Lord says, I will raise him up on the last day, meaning that our bodies will rise out of the tombs, like it says, in, in the, arise out of the earth. And our Lord promises that as well. I think there's another reference in the book of Daniel and also in the, in the book of Revelations. So, but the, the, now, the one other thing, time permitting, I want, I want to mention is the question of when I die, yes, our, bodies are separa- our souls are separated from our bodies and a body goes into the ground and it returns to dust. If I am a man and I cannot, my soul cannot survive without my body, well, what, what happens there? Well, since we do receive Holy Communion and our Eucharistic Lord, and St. Paul tells us that he took in his body, took upon himself both our life and our death. So in the flesh of our Lord, he takes upon himself both our, all that is good in us and all that is bad, and all that is bad is he, he destroys all sin and death, and he glorifies and he resurrects all of that which is good in us and enhances it. So this is the promise of, of, our, of our life in Christ. He who dies with Christ shall also rise in glory with Christ, says St. Paul. But our bodies are also partaking of Christ's glorified body. He is the mystical body of Christ. It's the mystical body of Christ that we are partaking of every time we receive Holy Communion at Mass. So that is another tremendous benefit of Holy Communion and, and the, um, the incredible glory. I think it's so exciting. I can't wait to embrace Jesus with a big old bear hug and say, Lord, I love you so much. I love, and smother him with all the hugs and kisses, <laughs> and just tell them how much I love them. Because that truly is our destiny. That truly is um, what we are all designed for. Our ultimate goal is that union with God and life with God, to embrace and love him for all eternity, and to be dazzled by his beauty. And so that he could look with dazzlement upon our beauty and the fruits of his resurrection his death and resurrection, that he has brought us to this glorified state. We're like that little butterfly in heaven, and our Lord is smiling upon us as we would smile upon a butterfly, looking at our beauty and just dazzled by the beauty. So, (laughs) good stuff, Bob. I am very excited, and I hope everyone enjoys that, but I hope more so that it can be uh, used as a teaching and an excitement to say, you know what, Lord, I'm ready. Here I am. I want to live your will. I want to do what you tell me to do. And I want to help others to come closer to you knowing, that, knowing this truth. So, but I there's guess that's... There's a gospel song, you know. I'll fly away. <laughs> yeah. Do you know that song? No, I do I'll not. You want to fly away, Lord Jesus. And, you know, it's the idea that like, like you say, it's like a butterfly. <laughs> That's true. And, you know, St. Paul uses a similar, you know, he, he tried to explain this uh, situation in, in, the, in uh, First Colossians, or is it Corinthians? might be Corinthians. It says, the state of a reanimated body is the state of this world. 
We know all about it, but the state of the glorious body that is promised us at the resurrection. St. Paul answers, you fool, does, does a kernel of wheat give you the idea of a harvest? Well, our mortal body is only the seed, the seed for the resurrection of our body. Unless if a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains just a grain of wheat, but if it dies, it bears much fruit. That's what happens. The caterpillar, right? The caterpillar, same thing. Unless if he dies, he can he can only remain a caterpillar. But if it dies, it it resurrects and is transformed and metamorphs into a glorious state, the butterfly. So that's an analogy, in a sense, that happens to us in Christ. You know, and the and the fruits of his um, uh, life, death, and resurrection. And this is truly what glorifies God, that we bear much fruit. And he also tells us, you know, a tree that bears fruit, the Father comes and prunes it, so that it bears more fruit. And this, by right. Father, is glorified. And in this, this is how we imitate Father, the Father. Be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect, by, by bearing fruit. Fruit unto the kingdom and fruit to his glory. Amen. Anything Amen. else you want to add, Bob? Or we, got, we should conclude with a prayer? Is it that time? Uh, we got a couple minutes yet. Um, let's see here. Okay. Uh, let's, uh, here, let me read you this. This is out of the Father Menard's writings. He says, a spiritual body, a contradiction in terms, not at all. A spiritual body does not mean a body that is ethereal, gaseous, immaterial, but first of all, a body totally at the service of the spirit. Wow. Mm -hmm. Free from space, time, fatigue, nutrition, aging, present to whom he wants, absent from whom he wants, a marvelous instrument of communion, of total love, a violin which body would be nothing but music, then and especially a body of which the vital principle, the vital principle is the Holy Spirit himself. Wow, what a promise. All in all, our participation in the resurrection of Christ takes place at three moments, the beginning at baptism, and the, and, the, and the end of death, but in between is the nourishment of all that God has given us in the gospel, the Eucharist, uh, the, the saints, the teachings of the saints, the doctors of the church, uh, the scriptures, all of uh, in its totality, the Old and New Testament, and, and all the writings of uh, the, the fathers of the church, and his inspiration through the church and one another. So... Good stuff. Someone has said, life doesn't end, it changes. Yes. It's going from one state to a better state, actually. That's right. The quality is much better. So, much like the butterfly. You've got a caterpillar in, in the earthly state, and that is really what I equate or or um, uh, um, equate to our life on earth, not that we're, we're worms, you know, but in the sense our life on earth is like that, is like that caterpillar. And then our life after, uh, after we die in the resurrection in Christ is glorified. It's a, a radical transformation. I don't think enough of us understand that or know that. You know, and to me, that's incredibly exciting. You know, people are afraid to die, many people. Or, you know, they're, they're not looking forward to death. But if we look at it this way, it's like, how can we not? Where, where we have this, uh, you know, where we could travel across the galaxy in a blink of an eye. I mean, the scientists are scratching their heads. How are we going to get to the next galaxy? It's impossible. Not that that's the number one priority, although that is like the icing on the cake. But our real goal is that unity with God and to, and to behold his beauty, to see him as he is. In his, right. the, okay. All right. Well, let's end with a... Do I got time for a prayer? Or? Quick, quick. 
quick. All right, Eternal Father, we thank you and we praise you for all that you have given us, and we thank you and praise you for Jesus and his life, death, and resurrection, and we look forward to eternal life in him with you. Amen. name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. We'll see you next week, same time, same station. And in the meantime, may God bless each and every one of them, every one of us, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. See ya. We hope you enjoyed the program and will join us back for another show on WCAT Radio. This is Sebastian Mafud. Good day.